I bring for you on this glorious afternoon? Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're gonna bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. Then two more after that, every five minutes until one of us passes the fuck out. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. town going down Broadway is a one-way street whichever way I go welcome ladies and gentlemen back to the flopcast this is week 18 playoffs we had a good week 17 I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the games um, a lot of football being played a lot of important games I'm here I'm your host my name's AJ I'm here with my co-host, Carl. How are you doing today? Doing good, AJ. Another week, another episode. I'm excited. Let's get it popping. What, what are you sipping on right now? Uh, so today's episode, we are drinking the General Sherman IPA. Cheers. Clink. Good stuff, man. Uh, one of my go-to IPAs. Super refreshing. And it's got it's pretty strong, so it, it hits. Yeah. It's good. This Get is it. um. This is a Sequoia brew, right? Yeah, Sequoia, Sequoia, Tioga Sequoia. Yeah. So, uh, just so everyone knows, right now Sequoia Brew restaurants are open. They have the one in Visalia, right? I don't know about the one in Fresno, but I thought I did hear that they were open. The one in Visalia is open to dine in. Mm. I went on. Um, I went last Friday. And there's another restaurant in Clovis. There's some restaurants doing this kind of laying low but opening up. So anyone looking to kind of just get out and eat, do some dining, uh, let me know. There's some restaurants open. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy. But I think you can go and eat and separate from people and still, you know, enjoy yourself. And yeah, no I, doubt. It was fine. They, they served us, sanitized table. I mean, and then we sat down far enough away from anyone uh, had a few drinks, ate our dinner, took off. Yeah, uh, yeah, that place that we went to yeah. uh, in Visalia, I think we we caught a playoff basketball game there one mm -hmm. night. Uh, good, good food, man. A lot of beers on tap. They have the the double General Sherman. Yeah, that thing is stiff. This one is already sitting at like eight, nine percent, something. something like it's that. uh, it's seven, seven, yeah, seven and a half. But yeah, man, yeah, this same. it's got good, it's got a good taste, bro. Like I said, it hits too, man. So get it, get you a twelve pack, kill it in one night, you'll be good. Yeah. So boys, we're done with fantasy football for now. Um, 
which actually Ryan is actually in a draft, a playoff draft, which is interesting. We might have to look into that, maybe get into something like that. But yeah. um, we're still here for you because football is important. And uh, we got football for a few more weeks, for, for another month, right? Mm-hmm. Another month, and we're excited about the playoffs. Uh, there's some really good teams in there. So today, uh, we got a good show lined up for you. We were going to talk about uh, some playoff matchups. Um, we're going to get into some questions. We got a little bit of Dynasty Outlook uh, on some rookies that are coming in that we think can make a difference on that Dynasty team if you're playing uh, on a Dynasty format. Or even for uh, a regular format, you can draft these guys late in your rounds. You'll know their names before anyone else does. Um, and then we're going to just get into some football talk at the end. So we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. Week 17. We start in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, a.k.a. Mr. Progressive, took out a claim and cashed in for this Week 17 matchup against the Duck himself. And we're not talking about Aplac. But Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, did purchase a full accidental insurance just in case Miles Garrett decides to hit him over the head with his helmet again. Nick keeps his chub hard and bulldozes his way to 100 yards and a tug. You know what I mean, Teej. The happy ending was the crowd screaming, Cleveland rocks, and these two teams will meet up next week for a third time this year. Cleveland wins. I forgot the score, TJ. <laughs> we head to the Meadowlands where the Dallas Cowboys take on the New York football giants. Daniel Indiana Jones gave it one last crusade to get the G-Men into the kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The fire red balls of Andy Dalton and the giant stone hands of C.D. Lamb were not enough to lead the Cowboys to victory. Giants win 23-19 and need Washington to play defense like what we saw at the Capitol building to get into the playoffs. No, no politics, Teed. No politics. In primetime, we had a battle of the NFC foes. It was win and get in for the football team versus the Eagles. Alex John Smith, who ironically plays for the team once called the Redskins, takes his broken-ass leg and sticks it up the ass of Philly. Whoop! who was really living up to their mantra, the city of brotherly love. Coach Doug Peterson, who needs to stop wearing that stupid-ass visor, put Nate Nate Robinson Sudfield and gets KO'd. Rocky would be disappointed. Chase Young, Jeezy wraps this one up. Football team wins 2014. And to the city of angels, where the Cardinals take on the Rams. Kyler Bill Murray did his best ghost impression and was non-existent in this one. Meanwhile, John Teen Wolf of Wall Street saw a full moon and transformed from financial philanthropist to playoff QB. Wife and lead the Rams to the playoffs. Coach Clifford Kringleberry 
didn't have the keys to peel off a win for Larry Legend. It's the Rams who sail off into the California sun and get the win. 18-7. All right. So that's uh, week 17, final week of the 2020 NFL season in the books. We did. We rattled off uh, four games there for you just for fun. Um, we'll have some more uh, fastest two minutes for next week and these interesting playoff matchups. So uh, that's what we want to transition to. So let's talk about the playoffs. Let's just talk about some of these seedings real quick. We obviously got the AFC locked and loaded. Uh, you got the Chiefs at number one who have the bye. And then you've got Buffalo battling against the excuse me excuse me buffalo battling against uh who are they going against <laughs> uh they buffalo bills i was waiting for my partner to chime oh, in oh shoot man I, I i missed my cue buffalo is playing they're playing indianapolis Indy. so so uh obviously we're on the spot podcast so Buffalo playing against Indy. Uh, we're not, yeah, we're not going to really break these games down. Um, let's explain that first. We're not okay. going to really break break these games down because we are currently in a playoff challenge with a bunch of guys that are I know listen to this podcast. So we don't want to give away any of our picks or sway anyone any type of way. So we're just going to kind of talk these games out as much as we can without giving our opinion too much. So you got Buffalo going up against the Colts. Um, which should be a good matchup. Uh, you got the Rams against the Seahawks, which against the Seahawks, which I think is the best game on the on the lineup this weekend. Because um, division rivals, they played twice this year. This is the third time they're playing. Uh, should be a good one. You got Bucks against Washington. And these are the Saturday games. Carl, go ahead and read off uh, those Sunday games. So the Sunday games, we have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Chicago Bears. And we also have the Baltimore Ravens playing the Tennessee Titans. And the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers for a third time. Third time. So that... That's pretty interesting. You don't see that a lot in the playoffs where a team is playing a team for the third time in the in the season. And this game is especially interesting, the Browns-Steelers, because they just played last week. But the Steelers gave a lot of their starters a rest. So we'll see how that plays out. Some teams I've heard, and some players even, like to just roll into the playoffs. And then you hear others that want a break. And Roethlisberger, I would assume, wanted that break. He's a veteran guy, kind of beat up on the season. You know, he's it's a long season. If you're not young, then you, you would want that break. But uh, we've got a good lineup. Uh, and on the NFC side, we also got the, uh, we got the uh, Green Bay Packers, who locked up that number one seed, yeah. which your Saints had for a while, but kind of lost a little bit of their – Lost a little bit of ground there at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, all right. So, should be fun. Uh, you guys send us questions or comments, concerns, whatever you guys want uh, for next week's uh, podcast. We're excited to do that. 
my my favorite game on the the playoff docket is actually the Ravens versus the Titans. Yeah, that's my second favorite. Yeah, so I I saw a a little clip on the gram earlier today where the Tennessee Titans went to the Baltimore Ravens logo. Yeah. Um, during the year when they played, and uh, they did a little pump up speech thing on the logo, uh-huh. and then uh, Jim. Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Jim Harbaugh came came off, the head coach for the Ravens came off the sideline and, and confronted uh, Malcolm Butler and a couple players from the Titans and was saying how disrespectful it was. Yeah, I they, remember they that. they did their little thing on the playoff or uh, on, on the logo. Their logo. Um, so I think that's just going to add a little fire to this game. Yeah, man. it's kind of like the juju dancing on the, right. on the 50. Yeah, um, so there's a little, so there's some bad blood here. Well, yeah, and this is, this is another AFC uh, matchup that's kind of... They've always kind of clashed these two teams, so it's a rematch. It's also a rematch from last, from last season. season. Yeah, so uh, the Ravens are hot. It's yeah. going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Titans always just find a way to win. Uh, Derrick Henry's over two thousand yards rushing this year. Man, big year, bro! Big Shout year. out to Derrick Henry, dude, because running backs like that are hard King to come by. The last running back that rushed for over two thousand yards. Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Should he be MVP this year? That was the year after he tore his ACL. I don't remember what year that was um, and how that went down. I think but it was. I think it was after the after year he with, tore his ACL. His bounce back year. Yeah. When he was coming back. Dude, he looked like... Man. I remember that when he was recovering from that. He looked like a monster. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry's on another level right now. My number one pick going into the next year for fantasy drafts. Really? 2,000 yards rushing. He gets the ball 300-something times a season. That's interesting. That's interesting because we've talked McCaffrey, about it. In yeah, the we did. And McCaffrey, more likely, more injury-prone. Some of these smaller backs, more injury-prone. Yeah, they catch the ball, but can they see on the field? Yeah, that that that's going to be a huge a huge topic topic of debate as we go yeah. into next season. Um, so, but I, hey, man, that's that's interesting. I like I like that. I'm not that's, mad at it. And this going into this year, I wanted Henry. I just wasn't sure. Like it was almost it wasn't a prove prove it to me year, but it was more of a is he gonna be able to produce by just running the ball? Right. right. Will he keep it up? Will he keep that pace up? Dude, he did more than that. He doubled it. It was crazy because he was going into this game needing 200-plus yeah. yards on the ground. Yeah, and it was it was almost out of question. Right. But the guy came out and got 250-something, bro, he went on. to get to 2,000. I was on. sitting on the couch. I was like, okay, he needs over 200. He's yeah. not going to get it. He might get 180. But the dude, the dude man, just blew it out of the yeah. water, went off. Big shout out to King Henry, man. You got it done. Yeah. So I think Rodgers is the MVP, though. Um, he's just. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had a huge year, man. Yeah. You got to give it to him. All right. So let's uh, move on. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the one question that we had this week. Right? We're moving into questions. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not going into questions yet. We're going to go ahead and. We're going to give our, before we go into questions, we're going to give our Super Bowl prediction and we're going to give a Dark Horse prediction. So we're going to give the two teams we think that'll be in the Super Bowl and then we're going to give one team that we think could replace one of those teams 
uh, as a dark horse. So, Carl, I think you got your teams ready. I haven't even looked. I haven't thought about mine. So go ahead. Yeah, so my Super Bowl matchup is going to be none other than the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New Orleans Saints. Those are my teams locked and loaded. I think the Chiefs uh, are arguably the best team in football going up against the team that I unbiasedly feel like could be the best team in football. I've stated it before. We won't get into it. But those are my two teams. I think those are my teams last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this year the Saints pull pull it off, man, and they meet KC in the, in the ship and get a dub, become Super Bowl champs. All right. I'm going to take a different route here, although – I do believe KC is the strongest team, and I, in my gut, I want to choose them for the sake of this podcast to be different, and for the sake that I, I kind of believe this almost. I'm, I'm buying into it every day that I think about it. My Super Bowl teams are the Buffalo Bills going up against the Green Bay Packers. That's my Super Bowl game. What do you think? Yeah, man. Uh, um, I I hear you, bro. It's dude. These uh, Bills are hot right now. They're uh, they're just putting a lot of points up on the board. And Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley too. I mean, and the the one thing that holds them back on that offense is a run game. Yeah. Um, but when they're throwing the ball like that, I don't think they need it. Casey has shown some weaknesses throughout the year, and that's on the defensive side. So if you get a team like Josh Allen, the way they're playing, the, the Bills with Josh Allen, the way they're playing, I think that they can keep up with them on the points, and I think they can pull away eventually if so, you know something happens to KC where – they kind of, you know, Mahomes throws a pick or there's a fumble or something like that. I think I can see the Bills pulling away with one. Yeah, you know. Not they, pulling away, but, I mean, just they, they'll get the edge. Yeah, it's, you know, you picked your two teams. I picked my two teams. And ironically, we picked the top two seeds in each division. Mm-hmm. Right. You picked the Packers first seed. I picked yeah. the Saints second seed. Um, it's very unlikely that the one and one seed meet up. Yeah, you're right. You're if you look right. back at Super Bowls, um, I don't think it's happened very often. Um, I think the last time that it happened was, I could be wrong and somebody can double check, but I think it was when the Saints played the Colts yeah, in 2009-2010. A long time ago. Yeah, and the Saints ended up winning. I think yeah. that was the last time that the top two top seeds two. Uh, made it to the Super Bowl. That's a... Last year, the Ravens were the top seed. Everyone thought they wouldn't be beat. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, but. it. So you know, with these. Speaking of these four teams, they could you know, the best four teams in football. Yeah, you can't deny it. But they all have they all have their flaw. You look at the Saints, and the Saints' biggest flaw is quarterback play. Drew Brees diminishing arm talent, right? Um, you look at Green Bay, and do, it can their defense, specifically their run defense, um, you know become a, a stout unit to stop the run in the playoffs. 
you mentioned Josh Allen in a couple episodes prior that he plays in waves. Now, are we going to catch the low wave from Josh Allen? Now, I said that until he proved me wrong. <laughs> until he hit a big wave. Well, I I think he's hit a stride in his career. <laughs> so his waves are over. Yeah. Oh my well, god. I think he's riding the wave now. <laughs> oh, he is man. Ri- this man is fully riding the wave. Dude, it, well, I've been watching his games and because he's exciting to watch. And he he is making better throws. He's he's more accurate than he's ever been. Uh Stefan Diggs has made a difference. And I think if they can get a run game behind him, He's only going to get better. Yeah, I think he. I think he's riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I called my shot before he hit the wave, and you called the shot after you saw him ride the wave. Yeah, you okay. called. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm admitting that I was wrong. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that I. The way I had seen him play was he was going in waves this season, early in, in the season. And even back to last year, he was up and down, up and down. But he hit this point about, you know, it was actually after I, kind of after I called that, he just started rolling, man. And he's on a roll right now. And who knows, maybe he could drop off, but, um, and then prove me right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, but the way, but what I've seen from, from the film and from watching him play, he looks like he's hit a stride in yeah. his career where he's gonna ju- he's just moving up and he's in the MVP talk. Yeah. And his accurate the biggest thing to me is his accuracy. He is hitting guys now. He's not making these wild throws. Um so I think that j- and with his arm strength and his arm talent, it, I mean the sky's the limit. Yeah, and I mean his biggest knock was like you said the accuracy yeah. and specifically the deep ball accuracy and you bring in a guy like Stefan Diggs and, you know, even John Brown last year. Um, but I feel like that presence of Stephon Diggs down the field has really helped develop a sort of chemistry to where they're just in tune week mm-hmm. in and week out these last few weeks. Um, but speaking on, you know, flaws for these teams, I'll just speak on the Chiefs real quick. They, you know, they have some, like, a spotty run game. And then their defense, what their defense kind of been up and down. It's been middle of the pack. So, you know, these top four teams... Um, you know, I, I'm not surprised that this is who we pick to be in the playoffs because yeah. these are the four best teams in the NFL. Uh, but they do, like I said, they do come with their flaws. So it's going to be interesting to see how the playoffs shake oh, out. Shakes out. I yeah. love playoff football, bro, because it's a one-game season, season. And you got to play the game. you got to play your best game. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who's your dark horse? We're, we were also going to give one team that – Hey, this team can make it if things go their way. Yeah, so my dark horse teams, I have one for each conference. Okay. Uh, just to Fair know, bring enough. another matchup. Fair enough. So my team in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And then my team in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. Nice. Uh, that was kind of so you kind of took both of mine, oh. <laughs> but but now I'm going to give you something different because okay. that's the way we work here. Okay. So my team in the NFC then, since you went with the Buccaneers and I kind of was leaning on them, is going. I'm going to go with the Rams, um, and that's only if they can get past 
this week one. I'm, and see, I would say Saints would be my next favorite, but um, obviously they're they're a higher rank. They're not a dark horse, right? So I'm going to go with the Rams. That's only if they can get past this week. Because if I think I think if they can get past this week, that gives them enough time for golf to get uh, healthy with that thumb injury. I think he can get back in there. And if they get him back to, to healthy or playing somewhat healthy and can pass the ball around the field, they're a dangerous team with the defense that they have. Um, so I think I'll say that they've been to the Super Bowl. They've made this run before. They have lots of guys that were on that team. So they have the experience. And then you went with Ravens. I'm going to switch it up on you then. And, man. <laughs> you left me with. I, I, if I'm going dark horse here, I'm going to go Titans. Okay. Run game is king in the NFL. If you can get the run established, then you can get some a lot of things working for you. So if the Titans can hit a nice little uh, streak here in the playoffs, like they did last year, and I think it, it's no joke. I mean, run game is king in the NFL. That's the reason the Titans went so far last year. They were able to run the ball. Right. And they had Tannehill who wasn't making mistakes. It kept the ball in their hands. And so they got they got far. They got they almost made it. Um so I'm gonna go I'll go Titans as a dark horse. Yeah, I you know I like what you're saying with the run game. Because we you look at the Titans last year and I think in those playoff matches, I don't think Tannehill threw the ball more than 200 no, yards. They kept it conservative. I think you might have, might have had one game where it was over 200. Um, but what you're doing is you're letting Henry run the rock, and you're keeping the best players um, off of the field. So last year, Tom Brady barely saw the field. Patrick Mahomes, bar- well, they, they beat the Chiefs, but they were up on the Chiefs by like 21 points yeah. at the beginning of that game. You mean the Chiefs beat them. But Right, yeah, Chiefs beat but them. They, no, you're They're right, controlling the clock. They were up. Yeah, and eventually Mahomes gets to you, but yeah. but I think that they have the best chance as that dark horse team to make the run. Yeah, out yeah. of all these teams. So yeah. besides the the Ravens, which were another favorite. I, I look, I don't like the Steelers. Yeah, the Browns are going into this week without a coaching staff, mm-hmm. which is crazy, man. And as a coach, I feel like they should be able to get these these guys that are coaching with COVID their own booth in that stadium and isolate them up there. They're not players. They're not interacting. They should be able to go up to that booth, sanitize that room, get those guys up there and call the game from up there. Right. NFL needs to find a way to get around this. If they don't, it's a big black eye on them for this season. And they're just going to push on, push on. Even though the, the Browns have showed multiple cases of COVID in their, in their, uh, on their football team. And they haven't done anything to like stop it. Yeah. Which, which is crazy because, um, earlier in the season, uh, just, I'll just speak on the saints. Um, they had a, a COVID outbreak with, or not a COVID outbreak, but like a potential COVID outbreak yeah. in, in, uh, I think it was a running back group early on against Detroit. And they had the running backs fly out there separately on a different plane. But none of them had tested positive. But they were just close contact. But they put them on a separate, separate plane, plane and put them out and, and still took them to the game. So it's the same idea. Right. 
Right. Why not get them a separate booth? There's plenty of, there's no fan, there's hardly any fans at these games. Right. Put them in the stands. Yeah. I don't care. You can isolate them far enough from the team. Yeah. To where they can still be in the stadium and try to coach their game. Because you're taking away a head coach, and I think, was was it one of the main coordinators? Yeah, I think it was the OC. Dude, that's a big blow. Yeah, going into the playoffs, Browns hadn't been in the playoffs in years. No. Shout out to the Browns, bro. Yeah. You guys made it. Uh, I just want to speak on my game real quick, though. The Bucks and the Ravens. Um, it's crazy to think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as dark horse because they have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Antonio is, Brown. How old is Tom? Like 58, maybe oh. 60. Super old. But he's getting it done. Dude, he's balling. So many playoffs. Uh, dude, so many rings. Yeah. You know, you know, he's a he's the second greatest quarterback of all time behind Drew Brees. You know, <laughs> dude, so come on. I'm just saying. I said what I said. I ain't taking it back. Carl. But look, 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 look where's another pot there, Jess? Another pot. Okay. <laughs> um, Tom Brady, bro. Like he he's playing. He's playing really well right now, and they have a, a formidable defense. You've alluded to it in previous podcasts before. Um. And I feel like they're kind of hitting a stride right now, where they're gonna they're and look they're playing the the Washington football team, who I'm expecting them to be in Washington. They're gonna be a super tough out, man. Um, we've seen them struggle with New Orleans, so if they happen to play with New or- New Orleans, you know, into the playoffs in a couple of rounds, I'm not chalking that up as a W. I don't think you can. Um, I think they're playing really good football right now. You do you think uh, do you think that Washington Tampa Bay game is close. I think Tampa Bay pulls them out. I do too, man. Yeah. I do too. Chase Young, you know, he's running off the field and he's saying, I want Tom, I want Tom. And I'm I love it. But I, I love it too, bro. I love it because he's a young, young player, player and he wants to test his yeah. abilities with the best, right? But I just don't think be, they have it on offense. You got to be careful with what you ask for. Yeah, bro, that's true. Because you're going to get it. Yeah. I you're, Yeah, Bruce Arians came out and said that. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, my problem isn't uh, with the Washington football team on their defense. I think they have enough to to keep up and or to hold the Bucks, you know. But I don't think that the offense is going to do them any favors. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to be on the field most of the game. They're going to Tom's going to get as many opportunities as he wants. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be a punt contest for for the Washington football team. They're talking about switching out Alex Smith and uh, the backup quarterback. I don't even know who it is mm. because I don't think Alex Smith is 100% healthy. Right. And that leg is – it's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm, dude, dude's battling. He's a warrior. Yeah. But yeah. it's just – I think it's a full season wearing on him, that leg, and they're going to have to mix him in. And it's crazy. He's still the best guy they have. Right. With a broken leg. Right, man. I just, with a mangled leg. <laughs> just goes to show you his resiliency, yeah. bro. And shout out to Alex Smith, man. This dude was gone through a lot to get yeah, to where gonna, he's at right we're now. We're going to get him on the pod next week. No doubt, bro. We'll have, yeah. him, on, we'll have him on call. And After then, he uh, loses. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens was their opponent in the Super Bowl for my dark horse pick out of the AFC. Yeah. Um, I really like what Baltimore has been doing these last couple weeks. I think um, they've kind of turned a corner offensively and defensively. I think they're running the ball really well right now. Um, J.K. Dobbins has really taken over that backfield. Yeah. He's looking like every bit of that top running back that 
we expected at the beginning of the year. I like what they're doing there. They they finally have given Dobbins and Gus Edwards a load. Yeah. It's been Dobbins and Edwards. They're the best two runners on that team. Yeah. And I think I think them two mixed together and Lamar, that's the best thing. That's the best mix. Yeah. And unfortunately yeah. for Ingram. That's a good third running back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, really that's the best third running, running back probably in history. In the league. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. That guy could go and start for other teams, but yeah. Uh, crazy how that ended up working out. Yeah. Uh, Ingram's kind of on the down downhill yeah. here, yeah. but um, all right. So those were our dark horses. Let's go ahead and now we're going to get into the questions. We had one question come in, so we're going to listen to that question and then we'll, we'll go ahead and answer it and move on. What is your lock of the week? And what is your three-team parlay of the week? All right. Great question. Thanks for calling in, Matty G. Always appreciate you. Uh, so, Matty G, asking for a three-team parlay. And Carl and I, after a lot of uh, breakdown and, uh, you know, discussion. Ten minutes. Ten minutes of that. <laughs> well, we were watching the Bulls game as well. So um, after all of that, we decided that our three-team parlay is going to go ahead and be the Los Angeles Rams at plus three and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. That's game one. Hopefully the Wolf can, can ball out if Goff doesn't. also got the Tennessee Titans and on this one we're going with the under 55 55 points in this game we're going under that uh Tennessee Titans will be playing the Baltimore Ravens I don't think that one gets to 55 not a shot bro yeah Lamar can't pass uh the Titans Titans are gonna run the clock yeah yeah they're both running it's gonna be a quick game Quick game. They're both running teams, so right. we think that one uh, stays under 55. So put that one in your book. Um, and then our last one. This is a big one here, and we're going Cleveland Browns straight up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a this was a tough one for us, but we we think it's going to hit. Uh, I know the Browns might be without a coaching staff. We'll see what happens with that, but we do think that they have the edge in the run game. Uh, we don't think the Steelers can run the ball. And I think that if the Browns can get the run game going, they can do enough through the air to beat the Steelers. Roethlisberger taking a week off, I don't think it helps. Not at all, dude. So those are our three-team parlay. And then Chalk our, it up if you want to win some money. And then our lock, Carl. You, you got a lock. Our lock of the week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over the Washington football team straight up. Yeah, that one's an easy one. I think that's that's done. Just put it in the book. Chalk it up, man. Dude, Tom throw, Brady. throw a grand on that one, Matty G. Matty G, you want to win some cash, bro? You want to buy the B-Boys some brews? You're taking the bucks straight up. All right. And we're talking bills, baby. Bucks. 
Big bucks. Actually, buck. Actually, real dollar bills. I like big bucks. And I cannot lie. All these other brothers can't deny. When Matty G walks in with bills <laughs> in your face, all the B-boys get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, that's probably the one. That won't Actually, that won't be the last time we try to rap on this podcast. Not at all. I have bars. Carl's going to come at it one of these days. Watch. I guarantee it. All right. Next thing we want to talk about, some dynasty talk. Man, this is exciting because I, I, I'm really starting to fall in love with this dynasty league. I love what's been going on in it. This past couple of weeks, we've had some trades going down. Dude, right when I opened it up, I opened up the trade and boom, trades, two or three trades right off the bat. And it's fun. Uh, football's coming to an end, but we're still getting to enjoy the the dynasty league. So that's always a good time. Ben is actually the, the one on, on the uh, trading end here. He's trying to build his team up. I don't know if I agree with this trade. Do, do you want to break them down real quick? Just Man, uh, some horse, of those trades? horse dicks in the Dynasty League, bro. He's making some crazy moves. What'd, so, you, what'd you get? You benefited on so, one So, AJ, let me break it down to you, man. This is like taking candy from a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, all, all season, I've been trying to get Patrick Mahomey on to the D- Bounty Hunters. He's tired of getting hit in the head with the horse dicks. He deserves more than that. Come on over to the Bounty Hunters. I sent horse dicks over a first-round pick. I sent him... Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs and Chase Claypool. And I received Juju Smith-Schuster and Patrick Mahomes. And I think I got the better of that trade, but it's, you know, it's, it's up, to be seen. Yeah, it's up for debate. These things are always to be seen till next season, you know, or till the games are played. I talking with Ben, I I discussed. I thought that he could have gotten away without giving you Juju. I think uh, I think he gave you a little too much, but that's on that's on my opinion. Who am I? I'm just a leading record holder in this league. I haven't won the ship, but <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. But uh, I I think he gave you Juju, and I don't think he needed to. But he said he was done with him, so he was just shipping him off. Yeah. Um, on after after the trade is said and done, would you have taken it without Juju? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, so what you would have probably dropped like the clay pool or something? No, I honestly I don't think I would have done the the trade at all if if I wasn't getting Juju. I wouldn't have given him Diggs or Claypool. Okay. Um, I love you know. Diggs finishes as a number as a top five wide receiver on the year. I don't want to give that up for nothing. I I don't know, man. I just I feel like I fleeced him, man. I pulled the blanket over his head. He didn't know what was coming. I pulled the blanket off and bow, got him. Oh shit! Got him. He didn't know. He didn't see it. <laughs> All right. So then then he goes on later in the week and he makes another trade and he trades Jamal Williams and he gets a twenty twenty one. So this year. Second round pick, which there's tons of draft prospects in this year's draft, which we're going to talk about. We're going to bring up some of these names. But I think he traded Jamal Williams, who's a guy that could potentially be a lead back this year. And I, I talked with him again. <laughs> he, and so I, Are you talking to this guy like while the trades are like before no, their process no, or no, after? No, after. He says, you see that? What do you think? Oh, man. And... 
I wish, he I, yeah, I wish he would. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This is his decision. Um, I said he hit me up and I said, "Look, I think you lost the trade again." <laughs> I said, "I said uh, I think Jamal Williams has a chance to be a starter this year. It's to be seen, to be determined." I told him so. I go, "So you could win it." I agree. In the end, I said, "If he stays with Green Bay." And Green Bay signs Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. then you got the same situation you had this year, right? And Jamal Williams, and you might that second round pick might turn into a starter for you. So I said that in that scenario, you win. I go, but if they let go of Jamal Williams, which is very likely, yeah, which we talked about last episode. Yes, we did. If they let go of Jamal Williams, or if they keep him and let go of Aaron Jones, right? Jamal Williams has a very high possibility of getting a lot more carries and becoming a bigger fantasy asset. Um, I didn't like it. I told him what I told him is I thought he should have waited. Wait closer till the free agency and then play your cards there. Yeah. And see see what you can maneuver then. Um, Wait till you hear what the rumors are coming out as. Oh, Packers are likely to trade him. Now go ahead and keep them. Or, oh, Packers are likely to reset. Now see what you can get. Right. And there's still plenty of time here. He shot his water early. He talked about that with your (laughs) trade. He said he thought he shot it way too early. (laughs) I told him that he didn't even get a chance. (laughs) I told him he didn't even get in. Get the tip. Yeah, he didn't get wet. Uh, And same here. I think he shot it too early. He's he's getting a little. I think he's panicked. I think he's getting antsy here. He's he wants to win, and he's trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna try to. He's gonna have to make it happen with draft picks because he's getting draft picks now. Yeah. So uh, there's a, and there's a lot of guys out there to be had though, Ben. So we're gonna help yeah. you out here, right, right. And we're gonna talk about some of those cats. And if we're gonna talk about some of these rookies. Coming out, and so this isn't just for dynasty. This is also for regular format. Uh, you guys can take a look at these names and put them in your uh, your sleeper picks for next season because I think some of these guys are going to have a big impact. Uh, for example, Clyde Edwards-Alaire drafted first round this year. Not so much of an impact that we thought he would have, but he was still a good player. Top 24. Right yes, back. exactly. Uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Big, big impact late in the season. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. So these are all rookies, the CD Lamb. Yeah. All rookies that were drafted late. Um, not all of them drafted as late as some of these other guys, but um, all had an impact. So these are some names that we're going to rattle off real quick. Number one. Obviously, I think first one that's got to go off the board, Travis Etienne, Clemson. Baller. Best running back in the draft right now, hands down. A lot of miles on him, though. Tons. So if you're drafting Dynasty, just be aware of that. Yeah. You might only have two, three years, and then you might see this guy be traded around, uh, see him start to be more of a running back by committee guy. Yeah, but the good thing about this guy is he can catch the ball, mm-hmm. he run the ball, he can block, so he's not going to be pulled off the field. You like to see that in running backs. Uh, sometimes you hear about these guys they can't pass block when they get into the league, and you're not seeing them on the field for a lot of these plays because they can't pass block. So uh, he looks like he's got 
the full package here. Uh, number one pick, I, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Love Etienne. Um, I thought he was the number running number one running back last season, which makes me wonder: Is football his true passion, or is or is this guy taking football as his hobby because he decided to stay at Clemson, pursue his degree in whatever field it was? I'm not sure. So it kind of makes me think, you know, is this guy just like do, playing football because he can or because he needs it? You know what I mean? So one thing about ETN was he wanted to come back because of the loss that they had last year. Okay. They wanted He wanted a national championship. And that was I know that was one of his big statements was, I'm coming back to win. Obviously, they didn't do it this year. Yeah. Um, but him and his quarterback will be in the draft this year. They should both be drafted in three rounds that we do in our uh, dynasty draft. They both will be drafted in normal drafts as well. I think right. regular drafts because I do see Trevor Lawrence as a starter next year. Yeah, um, yeah, love it, man. All right. Um, so one of the players that I want to talk about real quick is Jamar Chase. Yes, wide receiver LSU. But Carl, he didn't play at LSU this year. You're absolutely right. He yeah. did not. He opted <laughs> out due to COVID. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He didn't. Uh, and last year, he was a baller. Yeah. As a sophomore. Or freshman. As a freshman. freshman. As a freshman. Right? Yeah. No. Red shirt freshman. Yeah, red. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. But this guy's a beast, man. He, dude, so he, uh, you know, he isn't overly big, overly fast, but this guy is a technician when it comes to routes and he's got crazy athleticism his his uh explosion metrics are off the charts this dude can jump out of the gym his short burst quickness is ridiculous this guy is going to be able to come in and be a number one wide receiver for a team that's looking for you know for that type of player so you think he's the first wide receiver pulled off the board in the draft not not or I'm talking real football draft, NFL draft. Uh, NFL draft, I I don't think he's the first. I think it's Devontae Smith. Okay. Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. But I think in depending on the team and the scheme, he has potential to challenge Devontae Smith. But I just don't want people to forget about the name Jamar Chase because we haven't seen him for a year. Yeah. But that one year that we saw with Joe Burrow. Yeah. He was... This dude, this dude performed during the season in the playoffs. In the national championship. In the national yeah, championship. He's, he's a good player. Um, all right, Carl. Before we break down anyone else, I just want to run through the running backs because that's always one of those positions that people are looking for. So I want to give a list of the running backs that are involved in this year's draft that I think should be drafted. And then we'll highlight a couple of those guys that I think are kind of these sleeper characters, these sleeper guys that you can pull in the second or third round that will hit. For example, James Robinson, third round draft pick last year, hit big time. It's number six running back in the dynasty this year. Uh, I mean, that's what you're looking for when you're drafting. I mean, that's going to change the outlook of your season. So, uh, Najee Harris out of Alabama. You've probably heard his name. 
these past couple of weeks. He's been running the ball for Alabama in these uh, playoffs. Um, you've got you've got Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Now, a lot of people might not not have heard this guy because he's coming out of North Carolina. Number, North Carolina is a good team. Ranked number 13 in the country in their bowl game. They lost to Texas A&M, who was arguably a team that was going to get into that playoff push. This guy's a good running back. Um, if you look at him, he's stocky build, uh, 5'10", 220. Uh, you know, ran for a thousand, over a 1,000 yards this year. Caught 305 receiving yards. 22 total touchdowns. So he's a goal line type guy. You like to see those types of backs. So take a look at him. Um, there's another guy that I wanted to highlight that I think might slip to the second round. We'll see how much hype gets put around this guy. He didn't play this year. Took 2021 or 2020 off. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, running back out of Memphis. Now, Memphis has been putting out running backs. Name a few of them. So, Tony Pollard, uh, backup running back for the Dallas Cowboys behind Ezekiel Elliott. And Daryl Henderson, uh, who's in a committee with the Los Angeles Rams. Two guys who we've seen, when they've been given a rock, they've produced. You're missing one other. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, you're right. Antonio Washington football team. Yeah, so three running backs right there from Memphis. Now, Antonio Gibson was one of those running backs this year that you heard a lot about because he was shifty, he could catch the ball. Well, when he was at Memphis, he was kind of a receiver scat back. Now, I will, I will tell you who he was playing behind. He was playing behind Tony Pollard as a lead back, and he was playing behind Kenneth Gainwell, mm. this guy that I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, you see what Paul, or you see what the Gibson has done in the NFL. Imagine what Gainwell is going to do if he was seen as better than Gibson. Yeah. Um, so uh, Gainwell in his uh, sophomore season ran for 1,400 yards, 610 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. That's what Pollard as a starter. That's crazy. Yeah. Now he skipped out in his junior year. He's been training. This guy's going to a sleeper, deep sleeper. This guy needs to be drafted. I think he has a chance of starting. Now, if any of these dynasty guys are actually listening to this podcast, I just gave you a gem. If you're not, I'm drafting that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely, bro, because you got to look at the production. And that that type of production transfers to the NFL. You've seen it with three other running backs already. So what makes you think that this guy can't come in Coming out of the same type of system yeah. and producing. They're the obviously NFL. got something going there they, with the they, running backs. They got a good formula down there in Memphis, which is crazy because yeah. Memphis is more known as a basketball school, but yeah. they're out here producing NFL running, running backs. backs. All right, yeah. so uh, another running back. Yeah, so uh, another running back we can talk about is um, actually Zamir White. There you go. Georgia. There you go. Uh, six foot, 215, and uh, a sophomore. He's coming out. Um, finally had the lead role uh, out there in Georgia. He was behind uh, DeAndre Smith. Before that, we had, uh, you know, the Gurley days. We had the Slip, Nick Chubb yeah. days. Yeah, and uh, so Zamir White comes in, finally takes over as a full-time running back. He didn't have the biggest year, okay? He had 
779 yards, but he had 11 touchdowns. And that just goes to show me that this guy has a solidified role. When they get into the red zone, they're going to give him a ton of carries around the goal line, punch it into the end zone, and rack up those TDs. Um, I, I, you know, George, like we, like I just alluded to, Georgia's produced some running backs the last five, six, seven years. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a good line of uh, a, a hierarchy, you know, and then it, it leads into Zamir White. Take a look at Zamir White. You could you could get him in the third round if not undrafted. I think you can get him in the third. Yeah, a so, lot of people. His his name might rise late in the. Yeah, I think what what's going to help a lot of these guys is the combine. Yeah, you know, it's going to get their name out there. They're going to be able to go to the what do they call it? The underwear Olympics. Go out there, run routes, and catch balls, and run forties, and just spandex and break through their spandex like. Uh, Chris Jones. Chris, Chris Jones. Was it Chris Jones? Chris Jones? Jones. Dude's butt cheeks was hanging nah, out. Nah, his dick popped up. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> right through his spandex. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, keep in mind Zamir White out of Georgia. They've, they've been producing some running backs just like Memphis. This could be the next guy that you need on your dynasty team or regular fantasy late in drafts. One guy to stay away from that's a big name. Chubba Hubbard, mm. big name uh, going into this season, Heisman hopeful, uh, had a big season his junior, or well last year, I don't know if it was his junior year, um, but this is a guy that has trouble pass blocking, which we talked about you need in the NFL, has trouble catching the ball out of the backfield, which is something you need in the NFL if you're going to be a three down back. So, if anything, this guy is probably more of a complimentary piece, more of a RB by committee type of player, even a backup role. Uh, so, stay away from Chubba Hubbard in this dynasty draft. You can draft him if you want, if you don't believe me, but this is what the the metrics say. This is what he's produced, this is what he's done in college. Um, but I will give you another name to look for in the running back category. And that's going to be, this is my last guy, it's Trey Sermon. You've all seen it mm. in the playoffs. This guy has gone on a roll these past three games. You've seen his athleticism, jumping over players. You've seen him break off long runs. He's got the speed for breakaway speed. He, this guy can catch the ball, uh, catching the ball 20 yards downfield. Trey Sermon's a name to keep in your uh, rookie draft uh, class and just, Keep an eye on him, see what he does, how high his stock goes. But I think this is a guy you can get late in the rounds. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Uh, really good, really good running back. And, you know, we've seen Ohio State produce some elite talents. Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Carlos Hyde. Carlos not Hyde. as elite as Ezekiel Elliott, but when he's had his opportunity. He was he's good, produced. man. He was good in his first few yeah, years. Yeah, no doubt. AJ, one other name I want to talk about, though. And, and I really want to bring this guy up because... When we're looking at fantasy football, we're trying to find a spark at tight end. Okay, there's aside from your Travis Kelseys, your I'm glad Mark you're bringing Andrews, this guy up. Yeah, your Travis Kelseys, your Mark Andrews, um, your George Kittles. You know, outside of those three guys, it's a crapshoot. There's a tight end out of the University of Florida, the Gators. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 easy, easy. Oh. R.I.P. Kyle Pitts, yeah. tight end out of Florida. This guy 
is a monster. Yeah, he's a beast. He comes in as an athletic freak, okay? So he's 6'6", 246 pounds, and he runs a, a sub 4'6", 40. For a tight end, that's For great. For a tight end. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, his, his blocking prowess is an elite, so he's probably not going to, you know... You see him in an offense where they're throwing the ball. Maybe, yeah, you see him in an offense that's running, um, you know, what is it, 13 personnel? Three wide receivers. Three wide. Um, You probably see him in the slot as that maybe that third receiver. Um, But this guy is crazy, bro. He had a big year. He had 770 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns, almost 18 yards per catch. This guy could be the answer to your tight end needs in Dynasty or in Redraft, given the right situation. Yeah, I like that. And you saw the top tight end uh, from last season start to produce late in the year. So if you do draft this guy, don't be surprised if he doesn't hit early on for you. Um, Sometimes it takes a while for tight ends to get acclimated to the NFL, uh, having to block. And having you know having to learn the route tree in the NFL level is a lot different. So uh, some of these guys take a little bit longer to develop. Some of them are more re- NFL ready, which Florida is actually one of those schools that does get a lot of guys NFL ready. So I believe he could come in and step in right away. Yeah, that would be a big name, especially at the tight end position, man. It's, yes, it's hard to find, but if you can get them, you got an advantage. All right, let's take a quick break here, Carl. All right, boys, we're back. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, because we might have some ladies listening to this show now. I don't know. Yeah, there's well, girls out there that play fantasy football and, like, and that just watch football. Yeah. Um, you watch football. You're a lady. <laughs> I knew that joke was coming somewhere. I was going to use it on one of those guys, but... Oh, we can use it on them. You already used it on me, so... <laughs> Damn, my bad. Yeah, my hair is long enough for now, so... Um, anyways... We're going to go ahead and talk shop. We're sitting back. We got the legs crossed here. We're chilling. <laughs> Ankles cracking. Yeah. Slippers on. Getting old, man. Sliders on. Yeah, old man right here. Uh, we both got our brews. So I want to bring up a topic. This past Sunday, the NFL flexed the schedule. They put the... Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. It was they did it on purpose. It was meant to be a game that was going to decide a playoff uh, berth, uh, whether it be Dallas, whether it be New York Giants football team, or whether it be the Washington football team. And it just turned out to be a flop. Uh, because Doug Peterson took out his starting quarterback and put in the third string. He didn't even go to Carson Wentz. Yeah. He didn't even dress. Yeah, he didn't even dress. He went to the third string quarterback when it was in a tight it was in a tight game. So the Giants had a chance to a realistic chance to make the playoffs here. And if the Dallas Cowboys had one earlier, it would have been them. Uh which is what the NFL wanted, right? So you have them, you have everything working for you, 
and drawing in the crowd. Everyone's watching. They're like, who's going to make it? And then Doug Peterson comes out and pulls this. Now, you've got sides coming out. You've got uh, one side, you know, this is bullshit. Uh, you're supposed to be competing at all times in the NFL. Why are you taking your best players out? Um, you got another side saying, why are you pulling out uh, Jalen Hurts, who needs to be evaluated because you need to decide whether you have a quarterback in him or do you need to go back to Carson Wentz? And then you got another side that's saying, why is Carson Wentz not dressed? Because he should be the guy going in if you're really evaluating anyone, him and Jalen Hurts. But instead, he puts in uh, Nate Sudfield, (laughs) the third-string quarterback who he determines needs to be evaluated as a third-stringer. Yeah. What's your take on that? AJ, it, it's beyond me, bro. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, to be honest, I don't think Nate Sudfeld's on the roster next season. Yeah, yeah. Third stringers bounce around. Right. And from from reports that I've been reading, Carson Wentz is, is determined to kind of, you know, rekindle the relationship with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that what you heard? That's that's what I read. So there was reports that came out that said that they were they were at each other's neck. Yeah. And then there was reports a couple days after the game where they said that that things might be rekindled and might, you know, be refurbished and they can kind of make things work. Okay. Which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, it but hey, what what do I know? I'm not a GM. Um I don't get it though. You don't bring Nate Sudfeld in because you need to evaluate this guy. What for? Nate Sudfeld is not the future of your NFL franchise. Your future resides in Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz. Those are the two quarterbacks that need to be playing in this football game if you're going to pull one of them. Okay? I think there's something going on, AJ. I think think there's something in there with the Philadelphia Eagles that hates... The New York Giants. Yeah. More so than the, the, Washington, the Washington football, football team, team, which is crazy because they're all NFC NFC East rivals. Yeah, I don't know where it would stem from um, because you look at New York, new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You look at Washington, new coaching staff. To me, I almost feel like they got – Washington may have had the sympathy card played on them, like – Ron then the and the great the good story that it makes, Ron Rivera battling cancer all season long, coming back making the playoffs, resilient. Yeah. Alex Smith, leg injury, demolished leg, yeah. playing on one and a half legs. Right. Resiliency, like the story's just there. I don't know. I don't know what. I I hate that it happened because. The NFL is one of those leagues where it's always competitive, and it was. It was comp- Jalen Hurts. Well, even though he wasn't playing well, he was keeping them in the game. They were making plays at the right times. It was a tight one. Um, I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Not at all, dude. Because like like I said, Nate Peterson is not your future. It's uh, Jalen Hurts. Doug, Doug Peterson. What did I say? Nathan Peterson? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you didn't say Nathan. No, you didn't say Nathan. You said Nate. Nate Peterson? Yeah. Isn't that a quarterback, though? I don't know. It might be. I think, like, one time for blah, blah, blah. I'm going to drink for that one. 
Are you talking about Nathan Peterman? I'm a double drink because I got it wrong. You're right, Nathan Peterman. Is that the thing? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the thing. Anyways, he he's uh, Sudfeld. I'm sorry, Sudfeld's not your future. Why are you putting this guy in a football game? It made no dude. The guy, the guy was not prepared. No, he, he came in and dropped the snap. Yeah, that should have been caught. Right, in my opinion. Uh, he was running around, uh, scrambling out of the pocket, had nowhere to go. He was scrambling out of the pocket, going to the side where routes were not being ran. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's chicken shit, bro. Um, I think Jalen Hurts should have been given every Jaylen opportunity to play finish, in that finish football that game. game. Finish yeah. that game. But, but on the flip side, AJ, a lot of people are talking about the New York Giants and how they got cheated out of a potential playoff. Yeah, play. there's no cheated out of. You didn't win enough games to get in. Right. That's what I want to talk about. You won six games. You yeah. had every opportunity to win more than six games. And you want to cry because another team didn't do your job for you. I don't. I don't agree with that. The Giants didn't do enough to get in. I'm not on that bandwagon. I'm not on the Philly side with no. putting in Sudfeld. So if Washington gets in because no, the other two yeah. teams couldn't do their job. Hey, you're SOL. Washington did what they needed to do. They won right. the game. Yeah. And they might have won the game if Jalen Hurts stayed in. Who knows? Sure. But. Like you said, I'm not on the side that uh, Coach Peterson made the right move. I think he made a bad move. I, I'm not on the side of the fans or any of the Giants players because there's plenty yeah. of them tweeting. Um, you you won six games. You were at five wins in Week 17. <laughs> Don't be begging for for this. You you didn't you didn't get the job done. Right. There were plenty of other opportunities for you to win. I know you had a bad year. I know you had some injuries to some key players. Yeah. So but but still, you didn't win enough games. You were hoping on another team's success to get mm-hmm. you in. That team chose to do something that affected it. That's that's why they say win the game because you want to control your own destiny. Right. That's what Washington had this week. They controlled their own destiny. They won. Um I do want to say that the Philadelphia Eagle players, players such as Miles Sanders, were coming out later mm. uh, criticizing Coach Peterson. Uh, this is another reason why it was a bad move on him. He is losing players in the locker room. This is the beginning of the end for yeah. some for a coach. When you start losing players in the locker room like this, key players. This is a running back, a franchise running back. Now. He's speaking out on the coach. Now, he might go back and wish he didn't say anything because you want these relationships to be intact, especially when you're coming up to contracts and this kind of these kind of things. But he's our best running back on the roster, no doubt. Mm-hmm. They lose him. They need to go resign someone, draft someone. But Coach Peterson, bad move. I don't like it. You don't like it impact in the locker room. They've got a mess in Philly. They're going to have to figure it out this offseason. They need receivers. They need offensive line help. They they have a lot to do this offseason. Yeah. All right. Um, what else did we want to talk about? AJ, so a lo- uh, J.J. Watt, defensive end for the Houston Texans. He came out after his game uh, last week 
And he was saying that he was sick and tired of players not putting in 100%. He was going into the weight room. He was clanging and banging, putting on some muscle, working on his conditioning, hitting the playbooks, you know, working on his diet, doing whatever he needed to do to help this team win. But there was players there that weren't fully invested into the process. And he called them out. And then we see after this game this past Sunday, he apologized to Deshaun Watson saying, I'm sorry we wasted one of your years. Because we all know Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback. And this guy is the face of the franchise for the Houston Texans. J.J. Watts doing everything he can to help Deshaun Watson help him win a Super Bowl. But there's, there's guys in that locker room who aren't on board. How do you feel about J.J. Watt taking that stance against the team and his fellow teammates? I I got a different take here. Um, now, that may be going on in the locker room, and J.J. Watt may be noticing that, and he's a leader in that locker room and in, on that team. He's earned that right for the type of play that he's you know had over these past years, type of player he's been. But... Playing football, playing a lot of football over these years, um, being on a lot of teams, there's one thing that you do. And when it's something that you're – if you're ever going to call out a player or players or coaches or anything, it happens in-house. You never do this Hmm. to the media. Why are you going to do it to the media? They're not the ones playing for you. They're not the ones out there on the field playing next to you. They're not the ones that will have your back in a scrum. The players that will have, or the people that will have your back in those situations are the ones that are next to you on the field, the ones that are in the locker room every day with you, the ones that you're still talking bad about in the weight room, the ones that are, so if you're going to do that, you hold a team meeting, a team only meeting. You, you can bring the coaches in if you want, but a lot of times these things happen without the coaches and the players handle it amongst themselves. I don't think it was right of J.J. Watt to do that in the media. I feel like J.J. Watt is trying to cover his own outlook and his own uh, personal image of always being the good guy and always being the best player and always being the the team player and the, I'm always 100% team. <laughs> I think if you were 100% team, you would have never heard this amongst the media. It would have been in-house. Now, that's where good leaders are, are held, especially on a football field. J.J. Watt, in my book, after this, kind of I, I knock him down a little bit because if you're going to call someone out, you do it to their face. You do it amongst the team. Other, other leaders can chime in. It's not just J.J. Watt calling them out. He could have gone to his captains. He could have gone to – there's play, when it comes to the locker room, there's players that are, that are there that – have a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, sway over certain players, and uh, they can kind of talk some sense into certain players and uh, have a voice. You go to those guys, you discuss these issues, and you come together and you discuss it amongst your your fellow teammates. So I I I think it's a little chicken shit of him. Okay, yeah, hey, hey, and I, I hear you, man, and I. It... <clears throat> I won't I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But I think JJ Watt has kind of established himself not only on his team, but in the NFL 
of being one of the faces of this organization, of not only the organization, but the league. Um, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, award winner. Uh, so we've seen this guy do it on and off the field. I think he's afforded himself the opportunity to not only do what he needs to do in-house, but to do it out of house as well. And I and I I don't think that JJ Watt would do it, do call out his teammates if it was if it was just a minor thing. I think this is a serious issue with the Houston Texans. I wouldn't put it past JJ Watt to go into that locker room and and maybe rip the team a new one. I don't know, I'm not there. But from what from what I kind of gathered from J.J. Watt. I don't think he's afraid to tell anybody anything. No. I mean, the dude's six, six, yeah. 300-some pounds. guys, yeah. Huge. He ain't scared of nobody. He's going to let you know how he feels from what I take. So I don't mind him doing this because I think it's going to put a lot of people on front street. And it's going to make a lot of people check with, with what they're really doing because a lot of these guys that he might be calling out could be playing for contracts. Yeah. I just don't see the benefit of doing it to the media. The media already is at each and every player's necks trying to find any little bit of piece of information, any piece of dirt to blow a situation up. It just creates a headline that's unnecessary in a on a team that's already bad and struggling. I think this could have been done in-house. Maybe he did. If he did, and this is his extreme measure, maybe it was. But I have a hard time believing that. Um, look, if you already went to a situation where you're calling out players for not working hard and they continue to not work hard, you've done your job. Obviously, these players are not going to work hard, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're obviously if you had a good general manager, which they cut ties with theirs, and they're bringing in a new one, which they just hired today, mm-hmm. give them a nice contract. These players will be gone. The season's lost. There's no, I don't see the reason for doing it. That's my opinion. It's just bringing negative headline to your teammates. Uh, now Deshaun Watson's getting you know interviewed. What do you think about Jay? They didn't need that, you know. Uh, that's why I think it just needs to be done in-house. But uh, that's just me. You have your opinion. I have mine. Um, speaking of news, did you see Josh Jacobs' head? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude, I thought, and, and I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan because he's kind of one of those guys that came from nothing. Yeah. Uh, sleeping in a car. Obviously, his car was once his home, but now he's driving in it drunk. Um, is the rumor or is the said story? I mean, alleged, alleged. You can't, you don't know. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Apparently, his lawyer came out and said he's going to plead non guilty to the situation yeah. of drinking and driving. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. But his mugshot, as he was taken in, dude, he got in a one car accident. It was just him, he hit something. And he's got this big lump on his head, stitched up. Uh, not a good look for him or the Oakland Raiders. They add another patch to their face. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, man. It's uh, 
and I like this kid, man. He's young. He obviously had a down year. He he still went over a thousand. Um, he's just he's just one of those guys. I mean, I hope he can get on the right track. I hope that uh, you know this doesn't spiral him downhill. Because um, the Raiders need him. He's a key part of their offense. And uh, he's good for the NFL, too. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those stay quiet, work hard guys. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Josh Jacobs? You know, it, uh, Alabama guy. Yeah. Dude, love the talent. This dude, phenomenal talent on the field. We, we've seen it the last two years. Uh, put up a lot of numbers for the Oakland, uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I think this, and I could be totally wrong because I don't know the guy personally. Yeah. Um, but I think what we what we might be seeing here is a guy who's come from nothing, who's automatically assigned the keys to a lifetime full of cash, who might not who who might feel like he's above the law, you know, untouchable. Um, you know, just just a mistake, you know, young young kid out there making millions, playing for a professional football team. You know, it, it happens, you know. Um, it's unfortunate. I'm kind of curious to see what the, the Raiders what are going to do as far as discipline. But um, Yeah, and, and he came out a couple weeks ago and blasted the fantasy world with a, yeah. with news that he wasn't going to play. And then he does play at 100%. Which... In my opinion, you can do what you want as a professional athlete, and I'm sure you're getting plenty of, uh, you know, texts, uh, messages through uh, social media, whatever, about fantasy lineups and da da da. But you're professional; you understand it comes with the territory. You don't have to reply to anything. Right. Just let it go. He didn't have to do that. He heard a lot of people because he said he was uh, out of the lineup. He ends up starting. People, you know. It, it, it's just so weird. And then so he's building hatred towards him by doing that with his fans because people don't like that. And now you go out and do this, people are not going to like you even more. You want to get people, um, you want to keep people pushing for you. And uh, you want to keep your fans on your side. And I think he's almost doing the, the opposite of that. Now you can do what you want. You can have everyone hate you if you want. I, don't, I mean, as long as you're good and you're performing doesn't really matter, but it's. I find it a lot easier when your fans really like you. Um, so I, I don't see the point in that. Yeah, it, it, it's just crazy because, um, you know, this he got into his accident at four about 4.45 a.m. Monday. Yeah. So we're talking literally hours after his game that he just played when they, you know, found out they weren't going to make the playoffs. This game doesn't mean nothing. They have nothing to play for. I just got home to Vegas. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this bottle. I'm gonna drink something. Yeah. And and then I go and get into an accident. It shows some recklessness. It kind of makes me as a GM, Mike Mayock, the coach, John Gruden, really question what we have in this investment. Because at the on the flip side, NFL's a business. Yeah. Players are expendable. Especially at the running back position. Yeah, this is a situation where you come to contract time and you're like, well, do we really want to re-sign this cat? Right. Because it's another year or two. Another year probably, right? Yeah. Till he's up for a, a contract. Years, yeah. 
And I wonder if the move to Vegas was the right move. Because this is hours. Yeah. This is just hours after the, the game that they just played. Yeah. So that's crazy. But uh, that's news in the headlines. Um, one more thing I wanted to touch on uh, before we finish here is the coaching vacancies this year. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You've got Adam Gase out of New York. About time. About time. Um, probably the worst, one of the worst coaches in my opinion ever <laughs> that I've seen. Which is crazy because Adam Gates did lead the Bears to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and a couple he, years ago, and he didn't lose every game. But in my opinion, it's just I just I just don't understand the moves that he makes like yeah. starting Frank Gore playing Frank I love Frank Gore yeah but he's not the starter anymore right give your rookies a chance yeah let them if you're losing evaluate these guys and see if you got something if you don't then you can draft you know I don't feel like he was doing this um uh yeah he he's a lot of players after being coached under him have gone and succeeded. Yeah. Um, after being released from him, gone and succeeded. Uh, so it's obviously something going on with Adam Gase. Um, I think he stayed out of, out of the head coaching uh, role for a while. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever get another one. Um, anyway, so Adam Gase out of New York. Uh, you got Doug Marone out of Jacksonville. I like Doug Marone, but I don't think... Um, it was a good fit there in the end. Um, they didn't have a quarterback. They never had a quarterback. Yeah. It hurts. It's a hard job to do in the NFL when you don't have a quarterback. Uh, where else are we leaving? Um, we got uh, Houston, looking, Houston for a head coach. looking for a head coach. Atlanta. Atlanta will be looking for a head coach. Uh, you touched on Jacksonville. Um, I wish Dallas was looking for one. <laughs> well, hey, Dallas could be looking for a head coach. Yeah. With a possible... Later, later... Maybe a year or so. Yeah, future. Dallas just re-signed Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator for three-year extension. Uh, rumors have it, this is a head coach in making for Dallas. So maybe McCarthy's out in a few years and... Kellen Moore is stepping in uh, to be to be seen. We'll see. Um, any other vacancies that are out there? Uh, shoot. Top of my head. Uh, I, think that's, I think there's only about five or six vacancies, but there's a yeah. few names out there. That uh, are on the hot seat. Um, well, not only that, but just potential hirings. You got Joe Brady, offensive coordinator from the Carolina Panthers. Previously of the New Orleans Saints, uh, you got Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, has been interviewing for some head coaching jobs. A uh, couple hot names because they've been linked to some hot offenses yeah. the last couple seasons. But AJ, one name I want to talk about specifically, Urban Meyer, yeah, has been linked to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who. Obtained the first overall pick. And he's asking for 40 mil. $12 million a year. Or 40 mil. Uh, 
Why did I say why did forty come off? The it's top? just big. It's just big money, bro. We just throwing numbers yeah. out there. <laughs> Where did forty come from? I, bro, Twelve we, mil a year. Twelve mil a year. Whatever that leaks out to. Well, and maybe maybe it was like maybe I saw like forty mil or over four seasons sure. or something. I, For yeah, sure. that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I saw twelve mil a year. Um, no, I did see twelve mil, mil so, a year. So Urban Meyer yeah. has been in heavy ties. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's been out of the league for a while. He's been doing Two, commentating for three years, I think three or four years. He's coached the Florida Gators during the Tebow years. He went on to coach the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Co- Ohio State coached Buckeyes. a lot of NFL players. Ton of talent, ton of success, ton of talent put into the NFL. He's been tied to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who obtained the number one overall pick and have a ton of cap space. AJ. Does Urban Meyer oh, Urban Meyer make sense to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars? I love Coach Urban Meyer. I wanted him last year to go to the Dallas Cowboys, and there there was a little bit of rumor there. Urban Meyer apparently shot it down, said I'm not coaching. That might have been been his decision last year. Look, coaches can only hold out for so long. When you're a lifetime coach. You eventually always find a reason to get back into coaching. Um, you see it all the time. Guys try to retire. They end up back into the coaching uh, field. You saw it with Parcells. You see it with, uh can't even name anymore, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> They're out there. You got They're do, out there. Do you your gotta, own do, research. Yeah, <laughs> Google. We're over here four, four beers deep and, and I'm not going to, you know, Pick my brain that out. I'm not gonna put that much uh, work on thought. Yeah, I'm not gonna put that much work on my brain. Anyways, um, I think it's a good choice. Urban Meyer, college guy, bring in a college quarterback, top college quarterback prospect, and let's see what we got. And you've got talent at the receivers. We've already talked about that last podcast. Um, you've got a talented running back. Yeah. Urban Meyer is a great coach, philosophizer. I think he's a good, uh, he's got a good philosophy behind coaching. He's had success everywhere he's been. Um, he can coach thugs, he can coach killers, he can coach uh, Christians, <laughs> he can coach racists. Cooper Riley. Cooper he, Riley. He can coach. He can coach. He can coach them all, and he can bring them together as if no one even knew that they were different. So I believe in Coach Meyer. I think he's the perfect fit for Jacksonville. Uh, so I think he can get the job done. In all seriousness, I think he's a great coach. I think he's a. We'll see what happens though, because. The interesting thing is you see these college coaches coming to the NFL, and I'm going to give one example here. Nick Saban, mm-hmm. when he came into the NFL to coach the Miami Dolphins and struggled, he didn't do that hot. And I know, there's that one uh, documentary documentary on uh, HBO. If none of you have seen it, I recommend you watch it. It's about Nick Saban and Coach Belichick. And... Uh, they talk about their rivalry and their friendship and how they pick each other's brains. But um, when they were in the NFL, Nick Saban, and how, how far back they go, I didn't realize they went this far back. They go way back, like way, way back, like when they were like 
barely getting started first-year coaches. And uh, they talk about uh, when Nick Saban came into the NFL, how he actually split him and uh, Belichick. I think it, they split games. Hmm. When Belichick was with the Patriots, Saban was with the Dolphins. It happened they were in the same division. And they actually coached out-coached each other. And they, were in a, they ended up splitting with Saban's time in the NFL. But ultimately, Saban... Didn't have that great of a record with the Dolphins. Went back to college because he got the payday. I don't. I don't blame him. Yeah. I think ultimately, if Saban stayed in the NFL, he could have been good. Um, those first couple seasons are rough when you're taking over a team that's struggling. Um, but you see it, and so a lot of times, and especially now in the NFL, you don't have years to struggle. They want to win now, and if you don't do it now. You're fired in two years. So if uh, Urban Meyer comes out and doesn't get the job done right away, you might see him out of a job. But I think he can get the job done. I think he can do enough to solidify that he can, you know, keep the job for more than four years if he wants it. Um, I still want Jimmy Johnson back on the Cowboys. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, hey, so, I, I, you know, just real quick, I think Urban Meyer would be a good fit for Jacksonville. Um, you get a coach who's got a lot of pedigree behind him, a lot of a lot of success in, in uh, college, uh, a lot of players that have gotten put into the NFL. He comes in, he's got the number one overall pick, he's got a couple pieces in Jacksonville to work with. You come in, you bring in a top quarterback in this draft, whether that's Trevor Lawrence, Trey Nance, Justin Fields, a uh, kid out of BYU, you go and get your guy. Okay. Let's not kid ourselves. It's probably Lawrence. It, it's probably Lawrence, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. The, actually, we're gonna find out. I think I the actually like Justin Fields because we're, we talked about we talked about it earlier about you know QBs coming to the NFL or I think Clay had proposed a question um, if we were gonna start a franchise and we were breaking down all these QBs yeah. and you weren't a fan of just uh, Trevor Lawrence because he had improved it in a big game and yeah. he was in a big game he and did he again, yeah. And Justin Fields, yeah. who I had mentioned, went out and balled the hell out. Yeah, and uh, if you look at uh, Coach Meyer's past quarterbacks, they've all been quarterbacks that have been oh, able to move. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a surprise if Fields goes number one. If he has a game in the national championship, don't be surprised if that's your number one pick. I think Justin Fields is Kyler Murray. Yeah. 2.0. Okay, and, and he's I, a better passer. I think so. I've been a big bigger, fan bigger of. Arm. I've been a big fan of Justin Fields. I'm a huge fan of Trevor Lawrence. I'm not trying to knock him in the slightest. I just really love what Trevor uh, Justin Fields does because I think he's a pocket quarterback first, mobile quarterback second. Yeah, I think that is the move in the NFL. If you're a Lamar Jackson, who I feel like is a mobile first. Past second. So you're looking for the, the next uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. And then second, second would be pocket quarterback. And then third would be mobile quarter and or the, mobile pocket. The one thing I saw out of Justin Fields uh, in this past game was his deep ball. Yeah. And he was accurate with it. Every deep shot he took, he, I think he overthrew one. Yeah. And Dude, every deep ball he threw, and you knew it was coming. He loaded up, boom, and he hit it. And yeah. It was nice, dude. It was, I, 
he's not the biggest guy, you know what I mean? So his arm, you know, kind of comes at you at a surprise. Yeah. Uh, we see we saw him throw it to the tight end for a touchdown uh, in this past game. You know, tight right. window. The dude put it in there quick. Um, he's not small, though. I mean, he's not tall. Is he's six, trying to get he's what, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, NFL quarterbacks are you like them six six and up. Sure. I, we're, now we're we're just you know yeah, you're cutting hairs yeah. here. Uh, but yeah, anyways, so Urban Meyer to Jacksonville, I think would be phenomenal. Phenomenal could get that team on the right track. Get your quarterback and, really invest in the defense, and I think they got a and team. You know, and you know teams. that guy still has ties to Ohio State, so it wouldn't be a surprise for him to pull the trigger on Justin Fields. Right, right. So interesting, interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, I think that'd be that's going to be fun if he does get the job. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, you guys, thanks for listening. As always, Peter, this is for you. So if you hear this. We're shouting you out, homeboy. Uh, you know, you were wondering what Ryan was talking about. You got to listen to understand. <laughs> this is free for everyone. Carl? Fellas. <laughs> Fellas, you know the slogan. Uh, it's been real. It's been uh, fun. Uh, it's been real fun. Uh, but we out this thing. Uh, uh, mm-hmm.